welcome to Subject ACT with me, Heather Murray. Subject ACT brings you stories from your local Canberra community and beyond, stories with a global dimension. Now, I think it's an understatement to say we're in difficult times, not least for women who are taking reduced wages, are losing work or are entering retirement. And that means a heck of a lot of us. Tonight, we're taking a look at the state of women's superannuation and what women may need to think about in these uncertain economic times. To throw light on this, I was joined earlier by Sandra Buckley, CEO of Women in Super. Women in Super is a national not-for-profit organisation and one of the things it aims to do is improve women's retirement outcomes by advocating for a super system with no gender-based inequality. Welcome, Sandra. Good morning, Heather. Now, I just mentioned in the intro that Women in Super advocates for a super system that has no gender-based inequality. What are the current signs of this inequality? Well, the current super system, if we think back to when it was first introduced, which is approximately 30 years ago now, was obviously introduced at a time when women didn't make up as many of their workforce as they do today, with the results that the super system is very much based around income earned. So the more income you earn, the more superannuation you get. And the system itself rewards you the more income you earn through the superannuation tax concessions. And we know, obviously, that women have to combine working and caring, and certainly they are the predominant carers in Australia, which means that a lot of women don't work one job over a longer period of time. They tend to work multiple jobs because they need that flexibility. They often work casual, part-time roles. And all of that leads to them essentially earning a lot less over their lifetime than men do, Mm. which means that the superannuation system ultimately sees them retiring with 40% less super than their male counterpart. Um, And certainly at the the upper age cohorts, the women that are about to retire, currently one third of those are retiring with no super. So that's of a great concern to us. Super is being spoken about a lot in the media, much more than usual people were able to access $10,000 of their super last financial year and up Mm -hmm. to another 10,000 this financial year. And I've read that 14% of women have in fact cleared out their entire super balance, which may bring immediate relief. But um, I think you'd agree that it'll bring massive problems further down the track. Absolutely. And I think, you know, that's the the real concern that we have here is that women had lower super balances to start off with. And given COVID-19, its impact on the workforce, it has been a lot of those heavily feminised industries that have been impacted. You know, so we're talking here retail, hospitality, tourism, which tends to be a lot of those casual part-time roles and where they're concentrated and where a lot of women actually work. So the fact that they had low superannuation balances to start off with was of concern to us. But of course, the impacts of COVID and the fact that you know women even though they clearly you know knew that it was a last resort to access the 10,000 and then an additional 10 in fact I think very few women could access the full 20,000 let alone even 10,000 each time because a lot of the balances were actually sitting way below that so it is concerning that 14% have cleared out their entire superannuation balance because we know that if they do get another job and um, certainly if they're, the, if they're at the older end it will be difficult but if they're at the younger end and um, even if they do get another job job and a lot of the women who took money out and men too were in their early sort of to early 20s to mid 30s that age group is going to be impacted female speaking usually coming into the childbearing years which hit at around sort of 32 um, so we're going to see the impact of them taking time out of the workforce and they just will not have the time to actually um, 
you know, get back that income that they've taken out and to see the compound interest effect of that superannuation over the next few decades. Yeah. Actually, just going back to the older women retiring uh, with less super, I understand that older women make up the fastest growing cohort of homeless people, often as a result of inadequate retirement savings. Exactly. And that's, you know, that's what's concerning us. But what we're also saying is that although they are immediately retiring and in that poverty-stricken situation, um, we don't want people to assume that that means that future generations of women will not end up in the same situation. Mm. In fact, evidence and the statistics and research that is coming through is telling us that even the younger generations of women will continue to end up in that predicament too if we don't act now and actually do something about those structural inequities within the system and recognise that women are not just doing paid work, they're also doing unpaid work and that unpaid work, which is fundamental to our economy and obviously our big contribution to our GDP is having that sort of impact on retirement savings and we're seeing those number of women coming out at the other end with less superannuation than men. Mm. The tax office has a catchy phrase which is your super is your future. In addition to (laughs) in addition to withdrawing uh, super now what do you see as the key issues that are blocking women's access to a, a financially secure retirement? And a lot, yeah, a lot is always said about, oh, well, women can just simply, you know, add more money and do this, do that. But I think we need to understand that one in two working women earn less than earn less than forty thousand dollars a year. So if you think about that and put that into context, if you're earning less than forty thousand dollars per year, and one third of women are retiring single, so we, you know, thinking about it in that context you're not going to have the financial means to actually put away any additional superannuation above and beyond what you may be getting in compulsory superannuation. Mm. So we actually think that this is a very fundamental problem and that it's a problem that government needs to accept that it actually exists and we need to do something about those structural inequities within the system, reassess the tax you know, of the superannuation concessions and the amount of money that we're spending on that, which is $32 billion, and think about you know, that is actually helping the top 20% income earners, it is not helping the rest, the other 80%. And in fact, low-income earners get very little, if any, superannuation tax concessions at all. So we're not helping them when they are putting away a small amount of money. We're not actually helping them. Mm. And in fact, we would say you need to go one step further and you need to actually um, give those low-income earners some financial amount every year to help them over a period of time than they are, because they tend to stay in those lower income earning brackets. They don't tend to. So our policy would be targeting those low income earning who have low superannuation balances, $150,000 and less, and put the money, the money that we're currently spending within the system, let's refocus that and spend it where we actually need it, where we know people are retiring with a lot of problems when they get to that sort of 65-year-old age cohort. And then they have, you know, a substantial period of time in retirement thereafter. And certainly women, obviously, at the moment are living five years longer than men on average. So we've got, you know, they actually need more super, not less super than men, but Mm. we're structurally not helping them to get to that position. Mm. Mm. So are you lobbying the government to contribute to women's lower superannuation savings? Absolutely. I mean, we have been for a number of years. We launched a Make Super Fair campaign back in September 2018 with a view to getting rid of some of those inequities within the system. So, you know, there are some of very simple, obvious ones that can be resolved. One is that you do not earn superannuation unless you earn $450 a month 
from one employer. And we oh. know a lot of Australians are actually earning more than that, but they're working for multiple employers because they're working multiple jobs. So you might have, you know, a teacher's aide who might be employed by an employment agency rather than a school directly and might work in a couple of schools. You could have a pharmacist doing exactly the same thing. You've got your retail, casual workers, childcare workers who might work across, you know, a number of centres. And we've seen the problems that, you know, has come out through COVID-19 of the fact that they are actually having to work numerous jobs in numerous agencies and around numerous centres, um, which all leads to the fact that they don't actually earn any superannuation. At all? Then we have, no, at all. <sighs> if you don't earn $450 a month from one employer, you don't get superannuation. Right. So we've got a lot of women in that predicament and men too. Then we also have the fact that we don't pay superannuation on paid parental leave. Mm. Um, we don't, you know, we have the legislated timetable to get to 12% superannuation, um, which the current government is certainly looking at not going through with. We, you know, recognise that that will not solve the gender super gap because obviously if women get 12%, men get 12%, the gap just continues, or might, although it, it moves upwards. Mm. But we would say that that's actually fundamental for adequacy in retirement yeah. because we need women to come out with more at the end. And if we can get them to 12% when they get superannuation, then hopefully that we will actually do away with that problem. Mm. But as I said, above and beyond that, we absolutely advocate that we will need to do something more concerted than that. None of that will solve the gender super gap. We actually need to target those at that lower income stage, women and men who are earning less than $37,000 per year, and say that we need to do something about this cohort because this cohort tends to stay in those lower income earning deaths throughout their entire life. And then they're the ones that tend to end up with very little superannuation at the end, despite the number of years work. We've got huge problems, obviously, with unpaid super in other areas. That is a whole other you know, oh, story. Um, and, you know, it tends to impact the same people. So we've got automatic payroll now. There are simple things that we can do, but we absolutely advocate for something additional above and beyond that. Mm. So it's almost like the government's just kicking the can down the road. Exactly. And as a taxpayer, I don't see why we would not help, you know, this particular cohort get to a better position in retirement because ultimately, you know, I, I, I will be the very first to say that the, you know, the, the age pension is not where we would want it to be. Um, you know, financially speaking, the amount of money that is given per week, we have got other issues there too. But, you know, I don't see why as a taxpayer we wouldn't want to help enable people to get to that position of, of, you know, a dignified retirement sooner rather than later because ultimately it is something that we are going to have to pay for. Mm -hmm. If not now, then certainly over the decades to come, it's mm -hmm. not going to go away. No. This is really turning out to be um, what some have turned a pink collar recession. Absolutely, Heather. And, you know, I'm most disappointed because having lived through the global financial crisis where, you know, the, the numbers of women who lost their jobs were substantial, where we actually haven't learnt from the lessons that we should have learnt from during the GFC. We've simply just moved it forward and now there's another recession and yet again we're seeing that the jobs that are lost you know, tend to be those jobs that are in the heavily feminised industries that I mentioned before. But also we're anecdotally hearing too that like the GFC, it is the women on maternity leave, the women who've just returned, the women who are part-time workers that are also losing their jobs. Mm. So I think that's another issue that we need to think about too. And I, you know, I certainly would have hoped that we would have learnt the lessons from the last time, but it seems to be that we, we just haven't. Yeah, it's really quite alarming. 
How can listeners take control and better protect their financial future, especially if they're now out of work or experiencing reduced employment or, or mm. close to retirement? What are your best tips in this current climate? I think for anyone that's actually earning at the moment, they need to know their superannuation balance first and foremost. You know, have an idea, know what you actually have and make sure that you are being paid the superannuation that you should be paid by your employer. So have an idea as to what that actually is rather than thinking, I'll worry about it 40 years time. No, you need to worry about it now. You need to have an idea. You need to know about it. Um, And you need to then, if you can, contribute to contribute because there are tax concessions that you can take advantage of that enable you to put a bit more above and beyond what your employer puts in. So if you can do that, certainly do it. Then I would also say you need to look at the fees that you're paying your superannuation fund. Maybe think about looking at the not-for-profit funds and knowing that dividends are not going to shareholders, that any benefit is actually coming back to you. So having a look at that, because if you are not earning large amounts of money and you are in those lower income cohorts, you do not want to see large amounts of your superannuation balance being paid across in fees. So be very mindful about that. And then if you're um, self-employed, we've got a lot of um, women and men who are, you know, Mum entrepreneurs, as we call them in, in you know, mm-hmm. those sort of self-employed roles, we're seeing increasing number of women for flexibility reasons setting up their own companies. If you are self-employed, you don't have to pay yourself superannuation. But again, the tax concessions are there and available to you. So pay yourself some superannuation, even if it's a small, small amount, because over a long period of time, it actually helps you and it will compound and you will end up with more than you did you know, the day you put it in. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think about doing that. Um, and then, you know, if you ha- are suffering reduced hours and you have lost your employment, you know, just make sure that you keep up to date in what's available, what you can do. You know, you can look at the websites, you can go to the, Mon- the ASIC Money Smart website, you can look at the ATO website, see what's available, um, see what's there, know what you can do. You will get another job one day, so you can obviously, as soon as that is, you'll be ready to go. Make sure you consolidate your accounts so that they're all in one. Um, Take a look at your insurance. Have you got the right type of insurance? Because you're obviously paying fees on that. So make sure you have what you actually need um, and just take a good look at what you've actually got. And then when you're ready to go again, hopefully, you know, you'll have it all sorted because now's a good time to actually look into what you've got and start consolidating and thinking about where you actually want to be. Yeah. I personally find um, super a difficult issue to grapple with. So... Uh, prior to our interview, I jumped online and had a rummage around and I found that federal government website, moneysmart.gov.au, that you just referred to. Mm-hmm. And they have loads of information on how to manage on a low income, get debt under control and how to maximise your super, among lots of other things. So it's great for immediate circumstances and definitely worth a look. Exactly. And I think everything is a black hole when nobody knows anything about it. But once you actually start, as you said, looking into it, information is there. And most superannuation funds have great apps that you can check your superannuation balance on. You know, so you can actually become educated, but you need to spend a bit of time initially. And, you know, most of us have got a bit more time on our hands now. So I think, you know, now's the perfect time to start learning a bit more and reading. It's not complicated it just happens to be a lot of language that people are not used to and something that just happens in the background. Yeah. Well, thanks, Sandra, for taking time out to talk with me today at 2XX. Yeah, thank you, Heather. It was lovely to, um, to talk to you. I've been talking with Sandra Buckley, CEO of Women in Super. I'm Heather Murray for Subject ACT. 2XXFM, 98.3 in Canberra. 
or streaming online at 2XFM.org.au. Thank you.